0: All righty. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here to learn about the power of this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha is parsha's Tazriya Mitzura. It's a double Parsha. The, prim- the primary topic that will be dealt with, though, is the same actually in both of the Parshas, and that is the spiritual affliction known as leprosy. Now, before I get started, I want to first of all say thank you to all of you for coming on. Especially those who are able to leave their cameras on, so it makes us feel like we're talking to a large group of people. Thank you for that. If you don't want, feel comfortable doing that, don't feel any pressure. Uh, I also want to thank the amazing staff over at Yeshiva Beth Yehuda and Partners Detroit um, for their setting up of this program for years now in a row, uh, way prior to the pandemic and Zoom. I so and uh, I also want to thank, of course, the amazing good folk over at Torah Anytime because it's an app. Yup. And it's a website. Uh Uh-huh. It's got tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of downloadable, brilliant Jewish wisdom. So you can either stroll your fingers on down to www.torahanytime.com, or you can go to your Google Play or Apple Play or any other kind of Play Store and look up the Torah Anytime app download it, start downloading classes, find the rabbis that work for you. There are so many, literally there's hundreds and hundreds of rabbis. So if you don't like one style, you go to the next. Adam The sages tell us you only study what you want to study. So find somebody that you really like, settle in and fill your medulla oblongata with great Jewish wisdom. All righty, now, oh, one last thing also. This podcast is, ne- this class is now being available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just search for Burnham on the Parsha. Okay. Now, primarily, this, the, the two Parshas that we're going to read this Shabbos deal with a spiritual affliction known as Tzaraas. Now, it's a had a large number of ways that it would come out. It could come out in a person's skin. It could come out on a person's walls of their house. It could come out in someone's favorite jacket or skirt. It could come out in a person's arm. It can come out in their beard or their hair. It could come out if they had, God forbid, a burn and then the burn healed, but not all of it healed. And there was something left behind that just doesn't look too natural. Right, so there's many places in a person's body, house, clothing, that tzaraas could come out. But we'll talk about some of the ideas of tzaraas first, and then we'll try to talk about some practical applications. Because I really believe today, in, 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 in specifically 2021, it's really, really important to talk about tzaraas and what the modern day um, Lashon Hara looks like. Okay, so number one. The good news about Saras and it's something beautiful it's something wild to think about Imagine if you had you know right now in society we're working on something called wearables right Wearables are let's say if you remember there was this there was a Google glass that came out for a little while it was like supposed to be like you know it was like a, a pair of glasses that had like some sort of AI overlay some sort of you know uh advanced integration and artificial intelligence uh, overlays and we weren't there yet society wasn't there yet i don't remember what year google glass came out but i can tell you this much that when there were people walking around and show with a pair of glasses with a camera on it they were not looked at too kindly you know what i'm saying it's like i don't know what that guy's looking at but I don't, I, honestly i have no idea what kind of ai system he's got i don't know i just I, i'd feel more uncomfortable uncomfort- more if people weren't walking around my show wearing Google glasses and they really got the evil eye wherever they went, if they were wearing their, their glasses and um, eventually it died away. If I'm not mistaken, I, I think Instagram or Snapchat or one of those tried putting out a pair of glasses, like an actual wearable. It also never made it, but I can tell you this much. It is only a matter of time in, in, in the next 30 years, You will definitely see people walking. For example, when you're walking down, you'll be wearing your special glasses and you're walking down the supermarket aisle and there will just be things, oh, you could see this on sale or you'll be able to go shopping in a virtual aisle, right? So you'll walk down the aisles of the store, right? And you'll be at home, but you'll just be walking down the aisles of the store and you could turn, it will literally become like a natural feeling. Like you'll have a pair of, of glasses on you. Right now, there's a few companies out there. I'm trying to remember the names of the companies. Um, mm, I know Apple bought one of the big ones, Um, but they make these incredible glasses. I've worn them, okay? So I've worn these artificial intelligence glasses. There's a famous, Oculus is a famous one, very good. Oculus is the one bought by Apple, is that right? Which one was Oculus? And if you could tell me a few other um, that that are out there. So Oculus VR, virtual reality. There's a few more other ones that are out there. I can tell you this much. I've worn one of them. There's a very famous game, right? So Facebook bought one. Um, So Oculus, the ones that I wore, there's a famous game. And in this game, you go on an elevator and you come out on a top floor and there's different versions of it. So there's some versions where you're like riding on a, kind of like a hot air balloon around the city and you could like throw stuff at people or, you know, there's all different, like there's one like you're supposedly like on Santa Claus's sleigh and you're throwing gifts to all the people. Um, there's other ones where you just fly up above the city and move around. But there's one where you have an elevator and you come out of the elevator and you have in front of you, you you put on the floor like a balance bar, like, you know, how gymnasts, uh, gymnastics, you know, they would have that balance bar. So you put a balance bar and you set it up perfectly that when you come out, the elevator door opens and you're like on like the, I don't know, the 80th story and there's wind around you and there's birds and there's a street down below and the cars are tiny, not tiny, but like really small. You could kind of hear the city. When you walk out on that balance beam, now in your head, you know that you're in a person, you're like, I did it at my friend's house. I knew that I was six inches off the ground, right? I was literally, I mean, the balance beam is like, is like this high, you know, you're six inch, inches off the ground and you're just wearing this big goggle. And it's not even like it's it's not like a video. It's like more like a cartoon, meaning it's, it's, it looks like a cartoon, like a Pixar cartoon. But when you step out on that balance bar, you are so scared. It's crazy. It's like, you know, in your head that you're in your friend's basement and you're six inches from the floor and you could easily just close your eyes and jump off. But you, if you have to walk out on that balance beam, which again, in your mind, you're opening up the the, the, the the elevator doors open, and there's just a plank of wood leading out over the streets below of a city. Like imagine there was a plank leading out from the 88th floor of the Empire State Building, and you're walking on that plank. Now, if you were doing that in real life, first of all, I, let me just let me, let me stop right there. If you were doing that in real life, I wouldn't do that in real life, right? But when you do it, if, if you do it on, on virtual reality glasses, it's incredible, right? It's so scary. And I actually, eventually, you know, I made it back to safety, but like my heart was racing, right? I, I went out all the way to the end and then I had to turn around and turning around. is so scary. You're on a little thin plank and you got to turn around and, and like, there's, it's just so scary. And then finally, like I get close and I'm inching. And I'm like moving so slowly to everybody around me. They're laughing. Cause like, Dude, you're on a bar that's six inches from the ground. But like to you, it's so real because you're wearing these virtual reality glasses. And then finally I get close to like the end, and I just leap off the bar back into the safety of the elevator. (sighs) Woo! It was so scary. It was so it's wild. So that's virtual reality. In virtual reality, I mean I've done a lot of different things in virtual reality. There's another game where you're like, you're like on a on a castle ramparts and people are trying to attack and you're trying to shoot them with a bow and arrow. And like, you're like jumping at them, like you get so caught up in it because it it feels so real. Now eventually there'll be virtual reality glasses that you'll go shopping, right? So let's say for example, I mean, during the coronavirus this would have been amazing, right? Where instead of just going on Instacart or DoorDash or whatever it is, imagine if you could literally virtually walk down the aisles in Kroger's and, price compare and take all the time in the world and see and there would be little, you know, sales would come popping out in the air in front of you like, oh, you know, Cheerios are on sale. You bought Cheerios five times out of the last 10 times you came here. And then would you like Clementines? Because they remember the last time you were in the store, you bought Clementines. I mean, it, there's going to be a different world coming, right? A different world is coming to us. I've told people this. If you think about the last 40 years, the changes, forget about in culture, which are dramatic but the changes in, in technology, today is 2021, 20, 40 years ago was 1981. I remember 1981. Well, not well, I was, I was born in 78. So I think I remember 1981, it was kind of, I don't know, whatever. Everything looked really big. Maybe it was cause I was crawling on the floor. But in any case, or maybe I was about a foot and a half tall. But I mean, if you think about it, right? I grew up before the internet. I grew up before cell phones. I grew up before beepers, right? I, I grew up where if you wanted to get from place to place, you would literally have a map. Like when I remember traveling with my family in the car and we had a map in the car, right? A real physical map. And if there was a detour on the highway, you were opening up that map and you were like, okay, make a right on 541. Like Today it's all, you know? So. If you think about the world how much it's changed technologically in the last 40 years it's insane well guess what the next 40 years are going to be just as different if not differenter meaning it's hard to imagine right i could see sandy beagle's eyes just like what yes you're gonna see it god willing you know you know it's gonna we have no idea what we're going to about to come but imagine if you had that before the before the coronavirus that vr where you'd be able to walk down a street, I mean, already right now with Peloton and this, you could take, you can go bike riding with people in Paris. It doesn't feel as immersive as if you had a virtual reality glasses, but trust me, that's coming. That is absolutely coming. Now, that is virtual reality, which will in technology soon, you'll be able to wake up in the morning, you know, if even even for example, like when you go down, if if you're wearing virtual reality glasses, when you go down your steps in the morning, you'll have a little bing reminding you to turn on the coffee maker. You have a bing take out the trash, it's Wednesday morning, bing, you know, th- th- this thing, this will be right in front of you, right? Like I set reminders on my phone. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't even know if they go off. It's possible they go off, but I get so, my phone buzzes in my pocket so frequently that I don't even notice, but your life will change dramatically. So you'll wake up in the morning, you'll go down the stairs and be reminded to, 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 to put on the toast and, and, and the coffee and so on and so forth. Imagine a world Imagine a world in which you could come down in the morning and know if you were doing good or you were not doing good from a moral perspective. Imagine there was some kind of virtual reality technology where you had implanted into your arm, right? A little red light, green light, orange light. And you'd wake up in the morning and miraculously from heaven, right? Every morning you kind of look at your arm and it would be like, well, flashing soft red. You didn't, it's not a solid red. A solid red is you are bad. <laughs> not bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like solid red would be like, dude, you you gotta change your evil ways immediately. And then you got a, a flashing red, like. You really need to start looking at what you're doing and then maybe you have an orange you're like you're okay you're not awesome but you're not you're not terrible you're okay and then you'd have like a green like you're doing good. You could wake up in the morning look at your arm and God miraculously would either or thumbs up God would give you like a tattoo like a magical tattoo on your arm two thumbs up from God or one thumb up, one thumb down, two thumbs down from God and you could wake up every morning and you could know where you're holding. How insane would that be? That, my friends, is what Tzara'as was. That is what this spiritual leprosy was. Hashem did the Jewish people an incredible favor. It was not a natural leprosy. You could not go to your local doctor. Even the greatest experts on infectious diseases, even Dr. Anthony Fauci, right, could not heal a person from their Tsaras, if they had leprosy, that's a spiritual leprosy that we're talking about over here. Because it was not a physical ailment. It was not a physical illness. It was a spiritual illness. And it was a way of God saying to you, hey, buddy, you got one thumb down. Maybe a soft pulsing one thumb down. Like, you gotta wake up, buddy. The way you're acting. And again, the primary sin that people would get Zeras for, the primary sin that a person would get it was for and Hara, was for being nasty to other people, was for being a person who didn't make other people feel too good about themselves, right? That was the primary sin that people got Saras for. But people could also get it for arrogance. People could get it for Avodah Zara. Could you imagine that? And God did it in the most sensitive of ways, Right? First, he didn't want to give you an affliction on your body. That's scary. You know, a person wakes up and they've got like a growth or something. It's scary. It might be benign, right? It might not be. But yeah, getting waking up and there's suddenly like there's like a growth over here or whatever it is under your underarm. That is a scary thing to happen for anybody who's known what that's like. That's a scary thing. So God doesn't want you to be scared. God doesn't want to be. He's not trying to slap you in the face. He's trying to send you a message. So first there's terras on your walls. Looks almost like green mold or red mold. And you quickly run to the, the, home, the Home Depot and you try to clean it off and it don't come off. You get the mold X, you get the seventh generation product that's organic and friendly and earth friendly for the next seven generations. That doesn't work. You're like, okay, these seventh generation products usually don't work anyway. Maybe they kick in in seven generations from now, let me go get the real deal, right? I'm getting the Drano, I'm getting the mold X, I'm getting the Raid A, whatever, whatever it is. I'm getting the hardcore abrasive chemicals and you're rubbing away. No, that thing is still there. It ain't going anywhere. And then you bring the coin and the coin's like, hey, yeah, this, I've seen this before, it's not mold. This is Saras of the house. God's trying to send you a message. Have you been maybe cynical towards people lately? Have you been hurting people with your words and your actions lately? Have you been offensive? Have you been insensitive? Have you been telling it like it is? And hopefully you get the message. If you don't get the message, then one day you wake up and there's a splotch on your clothing. You're like, oh my gosh, how did I get this? Maybe one of my kids you know, cheesed all over it. I got a little infant who's still spitting up. Maybe one of my kids cheesed all over it. So you try to wash it out. You send it to the dry cleaners, nothing doing. You start getting all kinds of chemicals and the magic chemical from Ukraine and the, and the Ron powder from Israel. And like, you get all the different, you know, oh, you gotta put in seltzer with, 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 with grapefruit juice, but only regular grapefruit, not the ruby red grapefruit. You know, like whatever, you try all the witch doctor elements on your clothing, the Martha Stewart seven top tips. You try every one of them. And this, this stain is not coming out of your clothing. You bring it to the people who are the, the stain experts at your local you know, uh, dry cleaner. They say, we're sorry, we can't get it out. So finally, you bring it to the coding, the spiritual doctor. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. Let me ask you a question. Have you uh, by any chance been a little bit abrasive towards people lately? Have you been talking smack about people behind their backs? Have you perhaps been talking negatively about people in front of them? Have you been, (laughs) it's an uncomfortable question, but are are you a little arrogant? Me? No, I'm the most humble person there is. (laughs) Okay, yep, you're arrogant, right? Have you been a little arrogant? So he starts asking you all these questions and it comes out that you are. and, And the Cohen's like, listen, man, this is God sending you a message you got to change your evil ways, baby, before I stop afflicting you. But then you still don't get the message. You still don't get the message. And then suddenly you wake up one morning, and there's a spot on your skin that's more pale or darker. It looks sunken. If the hair already turned, like, super white, then you're automatically me But in most cases, in most cases, when a person would get something on their skin, and again, they go to the dermatologist, and they go to this doctor and the expert dermatologist, and they start putting on all kinds of creams and products, and Burt's Bees has something amazing for any skin condition. And it, oh, it smells so good, like lemongrass and herb. And you try putting on all the different, uh, you try putting on all the different products and it don't make no never mind and finally you got to go to the cohen right the doctors look at you they say i don't know this is not part of our textbook so you go to the cohen he's like yeah i've seen this before have you been a little have you been hurtful to people have you been saying things you shouldn't be saying have you been feeling a little haughty feeling like you're a little better than everybody else out there is that possibly part of your life I don't know, I don't think so. I'm just like everybody else. The Cohen's like, look, you know what? Spend a week on this. Let me come back in a week let's see how it is. Again, the majority, the majority of cases when a person would have Saras, the Cohen would come and he would see how it was and he'd say, let me, let me wait a week before I give judgment. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it grows. Let's see if it shrinks. And there were times where the Cohen would even give him two weeks. The Cohen would come back a week later, still the same size. The Cohen said, you know what? I'm going to put you in another week. you got a chance now. Again, and he's saying, like, I don't want to have to proclaim you tummy. I don't want to have to proclaim you a leper. I'm going to give you another week. Get your act together. Remember, look, remember we, we got it on your house and you didn't listen and we got it on your clothing. It's on your body now. And it's not going to go away until you change. Get your act together. Nicole come back and behold, a week later, it gets a little bit bigger. He's like, okay, that's done. Yep, you are Tame. You are ritually impure. You are a leper. And now you got to move out. You got to move out of town because you always made people feel isolated. You always made people feel alone. You got to move out of town. You got to sit by yourself. Now think about what a gift that is from God. What an insane gift that is from God. God's giving us a technological wearable. Again, today we're working on wearable technology. There there are already already different kinds of wearables. So we were talking about VR. There are wearables where you implant something in your skin and then you just take your phone. A friend of mine had this for blood sugar. It's really made for diabetics, but it can also tell you all about your diet. So you implant this tiny little thin, thin thing in your arm and then you just put your phone next to it a couple of times a day and it downloads all the information and it tells you all about your blood sugar, spikes and ups and downs, right? That's an incredible thing. If you're a diabetic, instead of having to constantly prick yourself with, this, with the needle, I mean, now of course a lot of people have the, they're wearing wearables already right now for diabetes, right? The little pumps that can put in more insulin when you need it. But there's something even just for monitoring where you just take your phone and you put it next to your thing and it will tell you how you doing. That's an incredible technological innovation. But we had that 3000 years ago. There was a little light buzzing when you weren't doing well. There was a little red indicator flashing, 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 going solid red. You got to change your evil ways. Start off with a little yellow, a little orange light on your on your on your house, a little It was flashing orange on your house. Hey, buddy, get it together. And it was a solid orange. It was on your clothing. And then it was a flashing red. It was on your skin, but it wasn't yet necessarily full on Saras. The Kohen still needed to come back a week later. And then it just flashing red. And you can't get rid of that until you repent. What a gift from God. What an incredible gift from God that we were able to figure out where we're holding at any time. So that was this thing called tzaras. Now, just so we should understand a couple different levels of it. Number one, number one, the idea that Hashem is showing you, you're getting a, a, a report card from God on a regular basis. What that shows you is that not only does God, not only there's, okay, there are those who believe with the horrific mistaken belief that God created the world and then just pushed it out there, right? So God created the world, and then he just pushed it out there, and then, you know, that's it, right? That's like just, you know, that's one belief, unfortunately, right? Um, Number two, belief. People believe that God created the world, and then uh, he doesn't really, he has general rules for the world, but not for not for specific people, right? So God has a general rule, you know, this person, that person, like whatever it is, you know, like God kind of just threw it out there. He still can control the world, but he doesn't really, he's not involved in what we call hashgacha pratis, which means individual involvement. The Tzeras shows you that God is individually involved with you. Now, granted, the Ramchal, where Moshe Chaim Lutzato says in Derech Hashem, that obviously Hashem does have a much higher level of individual involvement, with certain things over other things. For example, in general, God has more individual involvement with people other than all other species and things, right? Because mountains and anteaters and iguanas and Komodo dragons and, uh, and the horse fly, uh, they all don't have God's spirit in them. Only mankind has that God blew into mankind, a special, special soul. So all of mankind is already on a more elevated level. And then there are the Jewish people. The Jewish people are a people that made a commitment to be with God throughout all of history. Like we stood at the altar at Mount Sinai and very soon we're gonna have Shavuos and we're gonna commemorate that incredible time where the Jewish people stood at the altar with God and said, I do. So God is much more involved with us it is about us that God said, Beni b'chori Israel, This is my firstborn child, Israel. So God is definitely giving a higher level of Hashkacha Pratis, a higher level of intimate connection and watching over you and interacting with you that he doesn't necessarily give to every, every person in the world. But what an amazing level of intimate involvement that God is literally telling us on a regular basis how we're doing. Now that only happened, by the way, there were certain times in Jewish history when the Jewish people started like really leaving the path and the Jewish people started messing up a lot and started doing a lot of idol worship. Tsaras stopped working. We think of Saras as a punishment. I think of it as a gift. It's like sometimes a person gets a, a warning call, they get a minor heart attack at the age of 48 and their doctor says, hey buddy, the way you're living, the way you're living your life, you have got four more years. So either you clean up your act, you start eating differently, you stop working so much, you stop, you know, overstressing your heart with drinking or eating or lack of sleep or working too hard, or you're not going to make it to your 60th birthday. And sometimes that wake up heart attack is the greatest thing that ever happened to them because it wakes them up and they change their ways. So here too, Hashem is doing this, this incredible favor of waking us up. And speaking to us and saying, Change your evil ways. We don't have that right now. We're a bereft generation. We're a generation that's that's missing that incredible ability to wake up one day and see on your wall a message from God saying, Hey, buddy, change. Luckily, Baruch Hashem, we still are able to feel it. Elochai Nishama Shenasata Bi God. The soul that you put in my into me, it is pure. You, God, you created it. It was in your foundry that you made this neshama. You fashioned it specifically for me. And you blew it into me. So God blew your neshama into you. And because of that, you are able to have a very, very intimate understanding of what's right or what's wrong your neshama gives you messages do you not hear messages from your neshama come on right just by shaking your head yes or no do you know what i'm talking about where your neshama is saying to you messages saying hey you you really need to change this you got to change the way you talk or you got to change the way you you act you got to stop coming late all the time to shul you got to stop talking during services you got to stop cursing so much you got to stop all those different things that you know what I'm talking about. You hear your soul talking to you. It's not as blatant as Tsaras. We are not a generation that is Zoha, that merits to have Tsaras. But we still get those messages. And the more we listen to them when they come, the more frequently we hear them. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Lashon Hara. I want to talk about Lashon Hara uh, which is one of the main the main again the main sin for which a person would get this leprosy would be Lushanhara. hara now lush hara has a bunch of different categories there's lush hara which is negative speech about somebody that is true right so your friend it's graduation high school graduation and they're they're calling up all the names of the graduates and your friends wearing their cap and gown And they call up your friend's name. And as he's going up to the podium, somehow he trips over his gown and he flies out and his hat goes flying and he like smashes himself on the shin and the whole place starts laughing. And then you go home and you call your friends like, dude, you heard what happened by graduation? Yeah, 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 no. At our graduation, like Bob, (laughs) it was crazy. They called him up and he he couldn't get up the steps. he just kept falling down. Like it was almost like, you know, He couldn't make it up to the plane, if you know what I'm saying, you know? Boom, he fell down and then he tried to catch himself and he fell down again and he tried to catch him. That was crazy. Is it true? Yes, it's true. Is it negative? Yes, it's negative. Ergo, it's Lashon Hara. Next, Rechilos. Rechilos is information that is not necessarily negative, but it's information that will make two people not like each other, for example, We had a graduation party from high school. And some people made a graduation party, and they had a very select inviting group. They didn't invite the whole class. They invited certain people. And you happen to know that you got invited, because you're cool and popular. But now you're talking to your friend Bob, and he didn't get invited. And you say it in the next day, like, oh, Bob, man, that was a crazy party yesterday. He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, you you don't remember? Um, uh, Sam's party. Sam made a party. Yeah, the graduation party. How come you didn't come? How come I didn't come? I wasn't invited. Sam didn't invite me. Now again, is it negative? Not even negative. Sam has no obligation to invite anybody, right? So it's not even negative, but it's going to cause when you knew that Bob didn't get invited and you're kind of rubbing it in his face. You're stoking the anger between Bob and Sam right now. That's called rechilos. Step number two. And by the way, this one is super prevalent today in a way that people don't even realize. We're going to get there in a moment. And you have moti where you say a lie about somebody, right? Where you say a lie about somebody else and you say, Bob fell down and made a fool of himself and he didn't even fall down and make a fool of himself. And then lastly, lastly, you have Avak lashon hara, which is the dust of lashon hara, which is when I say things. For example, I walk into a room where I know that everybody hates Bob. Now, Bob, <laughs> poor poor Bob, right? Bob gets hated on a lot over here. But let's say I'm in a room where everybody hates Bob, and I walk in, I'm like, "Dude, Bob is the most amazing guy. I love Bob. He's so nice." And everyone's like, "What are you talking about? Bob's such a loser. He's such a... Ugh, I hate Bob." Now, did I say anything bad about Bob? I didn't say anything bad about Bob. I only spoke positively about Bob. But I spoke positively about Bob in front of all of his enemies. And you know that if you speak good about Bob in front of Bob's enemies, they're gonna respond by speaking bad about Bob. So that is an example of a and hara. Let's get into where this today is so, so, so prevalent. Social media, social media. Let's talk about all of them, Lush and Hara, right? Lush and Hara. If you take a picture and you're taking a picture, you're at a friend's bar mitzvah party, a friend's bris, a friend's kid's wedding, whatever it is, a friend's wedding, you take a picture of a large group of people. In that picture, it so happens to be that one of the people in the picture is like just in the middle of eating, you know? You got a picture, everyone's smiling. Look at the camera and smile, but there's one girl off to the side. She doesn't know they're taking a picture or she wasn't part of the picture and she's got her mouth open and she's And then someone snaps the camera, right? It's not a flattering picture to her. It is a flattering picture to you and all your friends who are posing, right? Hmm, Right, whatever. Or that whole crazy like posing with your pursed lips, weird, crazy thing that people do. I think it's over hopefully like three years ago, all the posing or the kissy lips or whatever it was called. In any case, so you take that picture and you post it to social media. You post it to, I don't know, face, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the rest of them are. And your friend sees it and she's embarrassed. She was not looking her best. She was not aware a picture was being taken. She didn't pose. It caught her looking really weird and bad. And she's uncomfortable that she's in that picture. That is Lush and Hara. That is 21st century Lush and Hara. Right? So many, there was, I remember there was a a little video going around. There was a guy who was like, uh, he was like, jumping into a pool or something you know and uh he was a big fellow and he did like a little run up and he like jumped into a pool and when he jumped into the pool (laughs) the force of the water just like took his swimming trunks right off and he just he kind of ran out of the pool with his with his with his underwear he was wearing you know jockey shorts you know um thank god his underwear stayed on but people were posting that now again it didn't even show his face it didn't even show his face it just showed him from the back so but he knew who he was, and people knew who he was, and then suddenly that picture is going all around. That was re- that's straight up Lashinara, right? It may have been true, but it's negative, and that guy does not want that video going out. You post that video of that person, and you are straight up. That is Lashinara again, 21st century Lashinara. It is so important and even sometimes within a family WhatsApp chat, right? Even within, forget, forget posting, first of all, in general, by the way, like I, I get it that social media, there's a place for it. And, but I, I, I really believe that definitely social media causes a lot more bad than good. Definitely there are many, many, many studies that show that the more exposure and prolonged exposure we have to social media, the more depressed we are when we see everyone's perfect lives and our life is just normal. <laughs> of course, mind you, all the people with the perfect lives don't have perfect lives either, they have normal lives too, but they just create this image of themselves online. So I'm not, I don't know, I, I, I don't believe the overall, re, that there's a redeeming benefit. Meaning if I could turn, whatever, no one's asking me, but if I could turn off Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook forever, like forever, I would, absolutely, right? If I could shut that whole thing down, I would. I don't believe it's made mankind the better people. I feel like it's made, especially when you come to like Twitter and 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 just the anger and the divisiveness and the stoking of fears and 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 differences being highlighted and people being called out and 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 in a way that's just horrific. So yeah, I would I would turn it all back. But again, they haven't called me to ask me yet. But the bottom line is is that. We live, in, we live in a different world today. And, and what's Lashinhara today was just not, there was no such thing 20 years ago. So we have to understand in general, I think we should, people should be really, really careful and think, I mean, it's almost like before you post anything, you should really be asking yourselves, why am I posting this? There you go, that's all. Why am I posting this? Let's say for example, you're on vacation with your family in Hawaii where 85% of the people that are on your social media trends cannot afford to go on vacation. Are you sure you wanna be putting that out on social media? Are you sure? All right. But that's a totally side factor. Now we're talking about, we're just simply talking about, um, okay, yeah, so, so Lisa's iPhone. I'm not sure what your last name is, but what about finding a match for someone who needs a bone marrow transplant or a kidney transplant? Yes. That is obviously one of the good areas of social media, 100,000%. Overall, I feel like it doesn't outweigh the bad, meaning there's so much negativity, there's so much pain and suffering that has been caused. And again, there, I, I can tell you a lot of things, the fact that we have Torah Anytime, which is an app and a website, and maybe they're promoting some of their meaningful, you know, clips on in social media. There are redeeming things about social media, but overall, I just think overall, it's done way more harm to society than good. But the bottom line is, is that when you post a picture of your friend or a picture that has your friend in the background and you didn't ask them, is that okay if I post this picture, that could be a problem, okay? So that is a very important thing. That, that could be literally straight up modern day Lashon Hara. And I can tell you this, that I've heard from people who told me they were very hurt by what somebody posted. And again, it, it doesn't even have to be on a social media platform where you're posting it to the world, even sometimes within a small closed group. Okay, so that's Lushanhara. Hara. Let's go to Rechilos. Again, what is Rechilos? Rechilos is information that's not even negative, but it's gonna make people hate each other. So Bob is gonna be hating on Sam right now because Bob just found out that Sam made a great, great graduation party and he didn't invite Bob. Think about how often this happens on social media. You go out to dinner with three of your friends. and You go out to a nice restaurant and you don't get out often. And you deserve by all means, you deserve to get out once in a while and go to a nice dinner. But you take a picture of it and you post it to social media. And now all the friends of everybody, four people go out to dinner together, right? Four friends, and we all go out to a nice restaurant, let's say, we have a dinner, it's nice, we catch up, it's been a long time, we're all working really hard. We're, you know, great. You post that to social media. How many people are there that are looking at that picture and saying, how come I didn't get invited? Right? How come I didn't get invited? (laughs) It's straight up, straight up. The same thing of you going to Bob and saying, oh, Bob, the graduation party last night was amazing. And Bob's like, what are you you talking about? Oh, at Sam's house. Sam made a graduation party. He didn't invite me. I can't believe it. I thought we were good friends. That is the exact same thing that happens when you're posting on social media. That you all went out for dinner and it was just the four of you and you didn't invite everybody else. There's a lot of people who feel like, I was kind of hoping, I thought I was good friends with Bob. I thought he was gonna invite me. So that could cause, that could cause just like, forget, forget forget about an animosity, right? There's two levels, excuse me. One level is you're part of a social group and the social group has, you know, every social group or clique or whatever you want to call it has like core members and ancillary members, right? So you're part of a social group. And in your social group, there's, let's say, a total of, I don't know, eight main people and four people that are sometimes part of it, sometimes not, you know, like whatever it is. And four of you go out for dinner and you post those pictures somewhere. There's a lot of people that might be feeling, how come I didn't get invited? And even if they don't have specific anger at any one person in that group, like, I can't believe... That Esty was there and she didn't invite me. I thought we were really, really good friends. Forget about that. Forget that someone's gonna have real problems with anger, animosity towards one person. They might just feel like they're devalued. They might just feel like, oh, I thought I was part of that group. I thought I, I thought I was kind of cool. I was like, I was loved by that group. I was cared about, it. but I guess not, because when they go out for dinner, they don't they don't invite me and they start, they're having such a good time there. I was at home all by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could really make people feel just, just bad about themselves. Forget about if they're, if they're going to have specific anger towards one person. Do we really want to be promulgating that? Right? Um, Paul Bernsweig is saying, is it similar to inviting the evil eye slash Hara? Well, for sure. I'll tell you this much. I mean, there's, there's somebody that... Um, I don't even, I don't really, I don't know who he is. Um, I don't know how I got him. I, I, I don't know how I have his number. So let me just, there's, there's a, an app called WhatsApp and WhatsApp has this thing called WhatsApp status where you can post anything you want in your status. And for the next 24 hours, anyone who's browsing the WhatsApp statuses will see whatever you posted, right? So I don't, I don't even know who this guy is. I really, I know his name cause his name is in my phone somehow and maybe at some point in my life I had some kind of interaction with him Um, and I have have no idea how. But he's posting, he posts these posts of like him with like an Escalade pulling up to a private jet and then on the other end when he gets off the private jet there'll be like a Rolls Royce picking him up. I'm like, that is absolutely inviting the evil eye, 100,000%. What is the whole idea of evil eye? The whole idea of evil eye is Let's go through this. I feel like we've gone through this before, but in today's day and age of oversharing, we can't go through this concept enough. How does the evil eye work? Let's remember number one. One of the 10 commandments is do not covet. So Hashem tells you, and when I say you, I'm looking at you, right you, right now. Hashem tells you, do not be jealous of what other people have. Period. The end. The most, one of the most important midos, one of the most important character traits that we could have today is called Ayin Tov in Mishnah and ethics in Pirkei Avos. When I, f- I forgot who it was, I think it was maybe Akiva, maybe who told his students, go out and find me the proper way to live. I forgot who it was right now. He sent his students out, there was five students. He said, go tell me the proper way to live. And each one came back and gave a different quality. And one of them said Ayin Tov, which is a good eye, which means I'm happy to see other people's success. I don't. I don't look at you and say, "Oh, how come I didn't get that?" I don't have an eye in hara. I don't have a bad eye. I have a good eye. I'm so happy you're successful. I've been trying to get engaged for the last, you know, to find the right person to settle down with for the last 12 years, but when you get engaged, I'm really happy for you. I'm struggling financially, but when I see you post a picture of your vacation in Florida or whatever it is with your private jets and your Escalades and your Rolls Royces. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for him, he's doing well. A big man though, it takes a big man. When you're going through suffering, when you're going through pain, when you're going through lack and you see somebody else flaunting all the things that he has that you don't have, it takes a big man to be able to say, I'm so happy for you. But that is a very important, um, oh, my mother's on. See, we got here, we got my mother's on. She just texted in and Jeffrey Dell checked, uh, texted in. I'm going to go with my mother for 400. All right. Yeah. So my mother, Mrs. Nechama Burnham, thank you. It was, it was Rabbi Yochanan ben who told the students, go out and, um, and find out. Maybe Jeffrey Dell was saying that Rabbi Elizabeth Horkin has said eye and toe. Was that what you were saying? Maybe he was the one who said a good eye. But at the end of the day, Rabbi Yochanan ben said, I agree. That is of all the character traits, a good neighbor, a good eye, all the different things that you need to have right? A good friend. The most important thing is to have a good eye. So good eye is such an important midah, such an important character trait for us to cultivate, to just be happy for other people. When you see other people being successful, just be happy. Fargin it, right? There's a word in Yiddish, the word is called fargin, and you can't really translate it, because it's not exactly forgive, like I forgive you your success. <laughs> like you know, I never did anything wrong to you. You don't need to forgive me. But forgive means like I'm just like, I'm just, ah, I'm so happy. I, I give it to you. Like I, I, with a good eye, I'm happy, right? A good heart, Lave Tove includes them all. Uh oh. Hold on a second. All righty. Um, we're gonna rework that, okay? But anyway, someone said Ion Tove in there, and uh, someone said Ion Tove, and I guess a good heart, a Lave Tove includes all of them, including Ion Tove. There we go. It's humbling to have <laughs> my mom on. She's she's got this stuff on the speed dial over here. So, but again, the the good heart only was considered the best because it included them all, it included an Ion Tove, it included good eye, and a good eye is the ability to look at the world with with just wanting other people's success. How does iron Hara work? heart works like this and again it's not a good thing it's, it's called bad eye for a reason I have a neighbor one day he decides that he's been he's been working really hard for all these years and he saves up the money and he goes out and he buys himself a 488 thousand Ferrari GTB 488 and it's in Sunburst orange color hmm Looks beautiful. Not only does it look beautiful, he's driving it up and down my block. And you can hear a Ferrari. For, they don't make Ferraris for, for, for quiet lanes. You know what I'm saying? They make Ferraris because they crackle and they snarl and they whine and they scream. And it's a beautiful thing. You know? I one time borrowed, a friend of mine had a 12 uh, a cylinder Aston Martin. Mm. I took that thing driving. And here's like one of the things that you do on the 696 highway, they've got those long, long tunnels. So what you do is, uh, so what you do is um, (laughs) you slow down, you slow down until you're going like, like 40 miles an hour. And then right before you hit the tunnel, you just mash the gas pedal. And that Aston Martin 12 cylinder engine just starts to scream and it reverberates back off the walls because like it's all like an enclosed area. and It doesn't, you know, it can't get out. And it's like, oh, you're the top down. It's amazing, right? Amazing. So bottom line is you've got somebody on my block. He bought himself now this beautiful sunburst orange Ferrari 488 GTB and he's driving it up and down the block and it's screaming and it's snarling and it's wild and feral and amazing. And I look at I'm like, oh, it's not fair. Like I work so hard. I really do. I try so hard. I try so hard. I go to davening on time and I give charity and I go to shear and I listen to Torah tapes and I come on for the 12 o'clock Parsha class with Rabbi Burnham every week. And I'm trying so hard and I can, I, I, I'm trying to scratch together a few pennies to send my kid to camp. And this guy, he doesn't even go to show all the time and da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's got this incredible sunburst orange Ferrari. It's not fair. Why does he get that and not me? Why can't I just find a little bit of financial reprieve and this guy's just luxuring it out? Should I say that? Absolutely not. Not only should I not say that because it's bad for him, it's bad for me. Number one, I'm violating one of the Ten Commandments. I am right there and then violating Los Ahmed. You shall not covet. I am coveting my friend's horse, right? Because the symbol for Ferrari is the, the prancing horse, is the logo for Ferrari, right? And the Torah says, Don't, 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 uh, don't covet your friend's ox and his donkey. I mean, that's the, the modern day equivalent, is don't covet his car, right? So I'm just straight up, right? I'm straight up violating one of the Ten Commandments. But that's not the worst of it. Here's what happens now. When I say that, I shouldn't be saying that, but when I say that in heaven, they say, "Mm, let's go check it out. Lady Burnham, he seems to be calling us into judgment. He's asking, why is it fair that Bob down the block gets the Ferrari and he's scratching together pennies to pay for his kid's camp tuition? Let's figure this out. And in heaven, they open up my books and they open up his books. And guess what? Nobody should ever want their books opened because all of us, all of us, every single one of us is living off the largesse of God, the incredible Rahmanus. The Gemara said, kola olam nizon. The whole world was living on the merit of Rav Hanini Bendosa, And Rav Hanini Bendosa was living off of one, like, bucket of dates or of figs from, from week to week or care whatever it was. We're all living on other people's merits. Do I think I get what I, I deserve what I get? No, I'm getting way more than I deserve. Even if I'm scratching to put together money for tuition for my kids' camp, I have children. I am alive. I have clothing. I have a house. With an air conditioner, just today I sat Shiva with people. I was at a Shiva house. And they were saying how they remember that when they were growing up, they they didn't have any air conditioning and it was so hot. He said he remembered specifically one year, Yom Kippur, it was just boiling hot and he could not sleep the whole night because it was just so hot. He was tossing and turning the whole night, Yom Kippur night before he went in. They were starving the whole day. And, you know, whatever it was, he lost a lot of liquids with the sweat. We're all so blessed. Okay, so I got to struggle to put together camp tuition for my kid. Do I think I'm getting what I deserve? I'm getting way more than I deserve. I'm getting way more than I deserve. And so is everybody on this Zoom right now. So the bottom line is, the bottom line is we don't want our books opened up because if our books have opened up then it turns out often that we're getting way more than we deserve. And maybe that guy, when they open up his books, it turns out that he's getting way more than he deserves, right? Which is, which is why, unfortunately, we really, we really, really, really want to think very carefully before putting our blessings out in front of everybody else's faces, right? That's what ion Tove is all, I and, I and is all about. So when we post to social media about our amazing vacation to Saint Bart's, where we rented our own tropical island and our own, uh, you know, kosher chef. And we came down with our private plane and we got picked up by the, you know, uh, by, by, the, by the Bentley or the Rolls Royce. By the way, if God has given you that, that money, I'm so happy for you. I really am. I really am. Like Chaz I'm sure you give a lot of tzedakah too. I'm sure you give a lot of charity. You start posting that stuff on on social media, bad news. Bad, bad, bad call. What? What purpose? What positive social benefit is there in you posting to the whole world how amazing your stuff is, whether it be your vacations, your children, right? You got to sit there and post to everybody. You know, it just—I just think the whole, that's what, again the whole idea of social media creates a lot of problems. You know. The only thing that I post is I, I post within family chats. Like, that's all. I don't post pictures of my kids out. Hashem. Hashem has blessed me with great kids. That's for me to appreciate and me to enjoy. I gotta throw that out on, on, on social media in front of everybody else. Absolutely not. So again, today, when we talk about Saras and we talk about Lashonara, two things to remember. Number one, that Saras is an incredible gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu where he's telling you, hey, you're messing up, you got to get your ways in order. It's like a technological wearable. It's like AI glasses where you put on your glasses in the morning, ping, there's a little message from God. Lady, yesterday you scored a 47%. Let's try to get your score up a little bit. What an incredible gift. And unfortunately, we don't have tzaras anymore today. Just to have that level of hashkacha pratis, right? Meaning it's such an incredible level of divine intervention in your life. It's like God tapping you on the shoulder and saying hello to you every every day. That's an incredible, incredible level of pratis, of divine intervention on your personal level and your personal night life, which is, by the way, what the the if I'm not mistaken, I'm just going to see. That's the main concept that is talked about by the Sefer HaChinuch the book of education on this on this idea. But then again, also to remember that when it comes to today, Lushan Hara, Lush and Hara can often be done by mistake, right? Obviously there's still plenty of people talking gossip. <laughs> that's that's super common too. We talk gossip about other people, right? But even the unintentional Lushan Haras, you post the picture to social media without realizing that one of the people in that picture really doesn't like the way they look in that picture. Boom, that's Lashin Hara. Because it's true, but somebody there feels it's negative and is hurt by it. You post pictures of a party that some of your friends had that other people weren't invited to, and they feel bad. Why wasn't I invited? They start to feel resentful to the person whose house the party was at. That's rechilos. That's social media rechilos. There's a bakla hara. When you post pictures all the time of people that you know other people have bad things to say about. And you know that they're not gonna say anything on your feed, but they're gonna talk bad about it. That's about Lashon Hara. Of course, interestingly enough, there's a whole conversation. The Chavetz Chaim, in in his earlier years, the Chavetz Chaim was like the world's expert on Lashon Hara during the early uh, 20th century. For the first many years of his life, he believed it was okay to say Lashon Hara about yourself. But there was a whole story that he had. He had like a whole story. And then eventually he said, no, you're not allowed to say Lashon Hara about yourself. A lot of people are posting pictures on social media that are lush, lush and hara about themselves. Like, uh oh, are you sure you want to be posting social media? That that's how you look in that place, and that's how you're, whatever, you know, that's how you're dressed. That's how you're like, uh, you know, that, that might be that might be hara about yourself. But at least we could focus on it if we could focus just on lush and hara and rechilos in social media, either posting pictures with people in a position in a look that they don't that they don't feel comfortable and Rechilos, making sure not to post pictures of things that other people are going to feel offended that they were left out of. If we can just focus on those two areas, I think that would be really, really, really amazing. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Shabbos. And I will stop recording right now.